Acts, the 16th chapter, verse number 6. The Bible says that now when they had gone through Phrygia at the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. It was a man of Macedonia that stood and pled with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Father, we thank you for your word today. Pray that you speak to our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Lord, let the clarion call of God be heard today among every person in this sanctuary. We bind every distraction and hindrance right now that would come to steal and snatch away the seed of God's word. Let our hearts be attentive and focused on what you have to say to us. Lord, change us today. May we not leave the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Well, turn to somebody and smile real big and tell them good morning. Amen. Church, you look good this morning. Oh, you don't think, I don't think you, I don't think you agree. I said you look good this morning. Amen. Has summertime just jumped on us really quick? It has, it's jumped on us, but we're so glad that you're here this morning, and uh, we're excited about what God has in store for us. Um, this morning, we are actually starting a brand new series uh, that's going to run through this month entitled pay it forward and um, each one of these messages is extremely strategic as they connect into the vision of our church uh, listen I want you to know something that when we preach and when we teach the word of God um, we are preaching from a scriptural standpoint but I want you to know that God's overarching theme although we may word it different churches may have catchy slogans they may have cool banners they may have amazing vision statements at the end of the day all of us are called to do two things love God and love people amen come on let's don't overcomplicate it at the end of the day all of us are called to do two things say it with me again love God and love people and so this month that's what we're going to be talking about we're gonna be talking about loving God and loving people and this morning I want to talk to you about one of the most simplest one of the most amazing acts of kindness that you and I can do because we talk about random acts of kindness how to be a blessing to other people we talk about you know um, paying for somebody's groceries buying somebody's meal helping somebody in a time of need but can I tell you the greatest the absolutely most positively greatest pay it forward that you could give somebody is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. It is the single most important thing. It's more important than what kind of car you drive. It's more important than the brand name on the jeans you wear. It's more important than any of those things is sharing our relationship with Jesus Christ because without him, church, listen to me, we are eternally lost. And so it's important for us to be able to understand our responsibility to share the gospel with those around us. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about answering the call to missions. Answering the call to missions. 
It's just about 35 seconds, but I want you to draw your attention to the screen, guys. Make sure the volume's up. I asked our media team to play a little bit of a short clip here. You might recognize this. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? How do you build America's Good. largest wireless network? Can you hear me now? Good. By never being satisfied. Can you hear me now? Good. Until no matter where you go. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Your call goes through. Can you hear me now? Good. Verizon Wireless. We never stop working for you. Come on, you ought to look at somebody and say, can you hear me now? This commercial <clears throat> actually debuted in 2002. Some of you in this room in these first couple of rows weren't even born then. Hallelujah. But this commercial debuted in 2002 in the dawn of the era of the cell phone. And see, I, I'm old enough to remember that when we were kids, we, we had the first cell phones that came out. They were these big things. They called them bag phones. They had big antennas that you had to put up on top of the car, much like a CB radio. But I remember when the portable cell phone began to come out, uh, one of the things that they struggled with was the uh, reception issues. And so Verizon and AT&T were battling back and forth and, and uh, dealing with the issue of uh, world, uh, nationwide coverage of cell towers. Because what would happen, I know the phone that we had, you would drive into an area and then all of a sudden the signal would just totally drop out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you had to stand still, hold one foot up in the air, and hold a piece of tinfoil to get a signal. <clears throat> but Verizon came out with this technology, and the point of this commercial is, is that he would go from place to place, from the wilderness to the office to the construction zone, and he would say, can you hear me now? The point that he was trying to make in this commercial is that the connectivity issue is not on Verizon's end. There is a signal that is going forth loud and clear. The question is, can you hear me now? What I want to ask you this morning is, can you hear him now? There is a clarion call from the throne of God to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Some of you this morning may not know anything about what we're talking about, but let me tell you, I am so glad you're here. Whether you're here because you think it's an accident, it doesn't matter. We don't believe in accidents or happenstance. We believe in the divine providence of God. I believe that before you even went to sleep last night, God knows exactly where you would be this morning. He knew you would hear this message. He knew what he placed in your heart. And today that message is on our first Sunday of every month our Mission Sunday, where we receive offerings that do not benefit our church locally. They do not stay in our bank accounts, but we release them to the 39-plus missionaries that we support every single month because we believe that the local church is to be the forefront of sending missions around the world. You see, that's the whole purpose of the gospel. The Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. You see, Jesus actually came into this earth. He was the first missionary. 
He left heaven and came to earth. He got in the dust and dirt of humanity and commingled with the filth of this world in the way that he touched the hurting and the broken and the lost and preaching the gospel of God's kingdom, bringing salvation and repentance to all who would call upon his name. Jesus was the very first missionary that we see in the scripture. Then we see in our our Bible, in the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit was outpoured in the day of Pentecost and the church was birthed. And those people were given this this charge that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witness. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Those local churches were established and planted. And then out of that, there were men and people and women that felt the call of God that left those churches like Paul and went into different places where the gospel had never been. And he relied upon the churches of Macedonia. He relied upon the churches that were back behind to send him to the places that he needed to go. Why? Because he believed that he owed a debt that he could not pay. Listen, the Apostle Paul over and over again talked about how he was indebted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul lived his life to sacrifice and to give uh, his whole being to follow the example of Jesus so that those who had never had the opportunity to hear would have the opportunity to hear. Church, I want to know this morning, can you hear him now? There's still a call to missions. Why? It's very simple. It's very simple because there are still people in our world today who have never heard the gospel, not even once. I was thinking about this last night. I was moved to compassion to share with you today that there's so many people around this world who have never heard the gospel, not even once. Uh, We ran some stats this week. There are some 23 churches just in Woodward alone. There are uh, about a hundred and a half in our county. No matter which direction you go in our city, you have to drive past a couple to get where you're going. In our nation, we have Bible colleges, Christian television, Daystar, TBN, uh, uh, Christian television network, all type of local affiliate stations. We have the opportunity, though many pass it by, we have the opportunity to hear. But yet, there are so many people who've never had that opportunity. And so for uh, for us who've never crossed cultures, It's hard for us to fathom or imagine. But I want you to know something this morning. That's why I'm a part of our tribe. That's why I re-sign on my credential card at the end of every year and renew my credentials. Because I am proud to be a part of an organization that was founded and birthed on the sole legacy of taking the gospel to the nations of the earth. I believe that every single one of us in this room this morning and those of you who are at Bedside Assembly today have an opportunity to share the gospel with Jesus Christ. The call of God to reach the nations is upon all of us. It rests upon every single one of our shoulders. And so this morning, I want you to know that as a church, this is what we believe. 
We teach our young people from the time they're in the nursery up about BGMC. We teach our youth about Speed the Light. We challenge our adults to give something every single month to missions, but yet not everybody grasps the concept of the why. And I want you to know that if you never grasp the concept of the why, you will never do the what. It's important for us to realize Those of you who've gone through our growth track, which is our new members class, you understand what I'm about to say because I teach this every single time. There is a difference between evangelism and missions. There's a difference between evangelism and missions. And a lot of times if we don't understand the difference, the truth actually gets lost in the balance. And so this morning... I want to talk about that, but before I jump in, I'm going to take the risk of you misunderstanding me for a second, then I'm going to back up a few steps, and I'm going, to, I'm going to clarify. When I was a youth pastor, we had an organization called Youth Alive, and we used to give kids Bibles, and we used to train them to have Bible clubs and things of that nature, and, and uh, we would tell them, each one of you is called to be a missionary. Each one of you is a missionary. And I'm looking back on that now, and I realize how wrong that is. Because there is a difference between evangelism and missions. You see, all of us are called to evangelize. The word gospel is the word good news. Evangelism is the spreading or the heralding of the good news. Even pastors are to be evangelistic. That's my forte. Paul told Timothy, his son, do the work of an evangelist. We're to spread the faith to anybody, but listen to me, all of us have the responsibility to share our faith in our everyday context. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to college, when you're on the golf course, when you're hanging with the guys or you're out getting your nails done with the girls, all of us are called to be a heralder of the gospel we're called to share our faith now here's the thing the work of evangelism is not relegated upon results you just share the message you leave the results up to the Lord but you and I have the responsibility to share our faith listen we're all supposed to do that in our cultures and in our context but the danger is that when we paint the word missions with such a broad brush that everything is missions. And here's what one writer said. He said, when everything is missions, then nothing is missions. And it actually dilutes its potency and purpose because here's what missions is. Missions and the missionary, apostolic missionary call that started the Assemblies of God is this. It is leaving the comforts of one's culture to go and reach a people that is not a part of you that doesn't speak the language of you, who has either not heard or has not been strengthened as a people. I want you to hear me. A missionary or a missions call is one who leaves their culture to go reach a people and learn their ways and learn their cultures, learn how to speak their language, learn their customs, to go and reach people where they have not been reached before or where the gospel is really weak. 
See, here's what I want you to know. All of us are called to share our faith, but God is still calling some people to go. Are you with me this morning? I feel the conviction power of the Holy Spirit in this place today. It's so important to us to realize that we should all live missional and we should all live on assignment But all of us are not a missionary because for those of us who go to work every day, we see the same people, we live in a comfortable house, we have a comfortable salary. That is not the same. It is an insult to say we are the same as those who are focusing on the front lines, who are risking their lives. They're risking to be uh, uh, kidnapped by Somalians. They're being risked to be eaten alive by the cannibals in the Congo. they're, They're risking their lives in Saudi Arabia or being beaten and arrested in the underground church in China listen we are not the same but that doesn't mean we don't have a part in their call because everybody as a Christian receives a call to missions but yet they all look a little different this morning I'm going to break all of that down and show you how important that is we got to ask ourselves the question why is it important? Why should, why should we as a church send money overseas to missionaries to help them when there are lost people in our own community? I can give you a good answer. It's one word. Opportunity. Opportunity. The church needs to do better at evangelism in our local communities. But listen... A lost, people in, a lost person in Woodward and a lost person in the jungle of South America who've never heard the gospel are not on the same playing field. That's not popular, but it's true. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. So I think missionary work is about answering the call to take the gospel to those who have not had inadequate opportunity. Are both important? Yes, but they're not the same. Here's a quote. They got it on the screen. This is from missiologist Oswald Chambers. Here's what he said. No one has the right to hear the gospel twice when there remains someone who has not heard it once. No one has the right to hear the gospel twice while there remains someone who has not heard it once. See, it may be hard for us to believe that there are people in this world with the internet, with technology, with satellites, with cell phones. It may be hard for us to believe that there are still people who have never heard an adequate witness of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, there is. Because of censorship, repression, there are places where the gospel has not shined through. Do you know we have to send, the Assemblies of God has to send missionaries to China undercover as teachers because the government censors everything out of the internet, Christian. Everything. There are facial recognition cameras all over China. You think holding your iPhone up and opening the unlock screen is something? They have digital databases of all of their residents. And when, they, when you go to the bathroom, they know about it. They know how many kids you have. They know where you've gone to the store, what you've purchased, what you've made, what you've bought, what you've spent. And listen, they have to go to church underground. 
for the fear of death and persecution. Here's one that you might not know. In North Korea, the Bible is banned, but Kim Jong-un has actually taken Bible passages, Bible quotations, and where it was God inserted his own name. In the beginning, Kim Jong-un created the heavens and the earth. This is how in these dictatorial, dictatorial nations, how the strongholds are passed from generation to generation. You see, yes, it may be a nation where they have vehicles. Yes, there may be a nation where they have cars. But where there are governments who have repressed the access of the gospel, it takes people willing to go and risk their lives to reach a people that is not like them. To give them a message that they've never heard. To have the opportunity to accept a Jesus that they need to know. It's important. Hard for us to realize, but I got another stat on the screen for you from the Joshua Foundation. Listen to this. According to the Joshua Project, an organization that tracks and analyzes data on unreached people groups around the world. This is uh, uh, up to date, by the way. There are currently... An estimated 7,399 unreached people groups, representing approximately 42.2% of the world's population. An unreached people group is defined as a distinct ethnic or cultural group with, uh, within which there are no known active Christians or churches or communities. See, this is why I'm proud to be assemblies of God this is why I'm proud to pastor a church that believes in missions this is why I'm proud to lead a church that allows our pastor and staff to be involved in missions because it is the most single important thing that you and I can do is make sure that people have an opportunity to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ it is our single most responsibility. But yet stats have been said by the George Barna Foundation that the average Christian in America spends more on dog food annually than on world, world outreach efforts to further the gospel. We need to think about that this morning. I believe that the hour is getting shorter. I believe that the time of Jesus' soon and sudden return is closer than we have ever, ever been a part of. I believe because of that, the responsibility upon us is greater. You see, I want to bring you back to our text this morning. In Acts, the 16th chapter, verse number 6, I read something very important to you. Paul, who was a missionary... He was an apostle, but the apostles were missionaries. We talked about that over the last couple of weeks in our Wednesday night. Paul was on the front lines. This was his second missionary journey. Paul wanted to go strengthen some churches in Galatia where he had already been, but the Holy Spirit forbid him to go into Asia, into that area. It's like Paul had a desire in his heart to go that way, but the Holy Spirit said, no. The door was shut. So Paul went back and the Bible says that that night, in a night vision, a man appeared to him 
from Macedonia. We referred to this as the Macedonian call. This man appeared to Paul in a vision and begged for help, in which Paul interpreted as a call from God to go preach the gospel to those in Macedonia. Notice it says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Look at the next verse. Uh, the Bible says that after seeing this, they immediately they sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called them to go preach to them. There was a call. Everybody say a call. You see, it's important if you're going to do something for God, you follow the call. There was a call. This man appeared to Paul and said, please come to us. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Paul followed that call. Because that call to go into Macedonia and the northern and central parts of modern-day Greece opened up literally the door for the gospel to go into Europe and to us in the Western world. Paul followed that, and God used him mightily. This morning, I'm talking about answering the call to missions. Some of us in this room have answered that call. Some of you have not heard that call. But after the end of this message, I'm going to ask you one more time. Can you hear me now? If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one. Who can answer this call? Who can answer this call? See, Paul was in a position to be obedient. There's a reason why the Lord let Paul have a vision. Because he knew Paul would say yes. So I want to tell you, first of all this morning, those who can answer this, this, this call are those who are obedient. The last chapter of the book of Revelation says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So number one, not only do the obedient answer the call, number two, but those who hear. Those who hear. Here's another who answered the call, those who can. Those who can. And lastly, who can answer this call? Those who care. Those who care. When I was youth pastoring in Bearden, a little small town, 1,200 people they had one they had one stoplight we had one gas station uh, i often joke it was a one horse town the horse only had two legs small place one of our one of our deacons brother david his mom had been a shut-in for many many years but oftentimes uh, we would jump in the, in the car and he would take us over and we'd visit her. She was still at her house. And she, she had something in her living room that blew my mind. It was a glass top coffee table. And underneath that glass top coffee table was a card from every missionary that had ever visited her church since the time she was a little girl. 
Because most missionaries, when they come visit, we have some out in the back. When they visit, they leave a little card that's a prayer card. It has a way to support and it has a way to pray for them. She didn't have a lot of money. But prayer was her ministry. And she answered the call to be an intercessor for missions. She prayed for her church. She prayed for her pastor. But she prayed for missions. If she would have had a million dollars, she would have given it. But she didn't. But what she had, she did give. She gave her life to prayer. It's one of the things that we talked about whenever we did her funeral service. You know, when people have funerals, they say crazy things. Oh, they like to do this, they like to do that, they like to go to the casino, they did this, whatever. I want people to say, he was a world changer. She was a world changer. They did great things for God. They turned the world upside down. Because folks, let me tell you something. Prayer can do what money can't do. They got to have the money, but prayer is important too. Wonder how many missionaries found themselves in a bind through the 50 plus years she did this. Yet in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit would nudge some grandmother to get up in the middle of the night with a burden to pray that didn't know what she was praying for. Perhaps she saved some missionary by dispatching angels in the heavenlies to release the captive from a, from a kidnapper or some dangerous situation. Folks, who can answer the call? Those who can, those who hear, those who care. Number two, why should we answer this call? Why? See, before you ever do the, the what, you're going to have to do the, know the why. We should answer this call because it's urgent. It's urgent. We should answer the call because it's urgent. Folks, let me tell you something. Every tick of the clock, with every second pass, people are spiraling out into eternity who don't know Christ. There are people who've never heard. They've never had the opportunity. God's fair, God's faithful, we understand all that, but still we have a mandate from heaven to go and reach these people. We have a mandate to go reach these people. It's urgent. The man who appeared in vision to Paul in Acts 16 was pleading with him, come to Macedonia, help us. Paul hastened himself and he got up and he went. Folks, listen to me. People are dying without the hope of Christ. We must answer the call because it's urgent. It's urgent. Every time somebody dies without Christ, it's too late. Too late. Over. Over. There's no do-overs. They don't get a second chance. The opportunity has simply passed by. We got to do it because it's urgent. Here's the second reason. We got to do it because of gratitude. Listen, Paul felt a personal debt to give his life for the gospel. You know why? Because Paul never forgot where he came from. Paul, Paul knew, man, I was a zealot. 
This dude had a pedigree from here to New York City. Pharisee of all Pharisees, studied under Gamaliel, circumcised on the eighth day. Come on, he was a persecutor of the church. Drug men and women and children outside of their houses, beat them, stoned them, imprisoned them, and in the worst of cases, killed them. And when Jesus found Paul on the road to Damascus and issued a call to serve him and follow him, Paul never forgot where he came from. Church, I am convinced this morning the reason why so many of us do not evangelize, share our faith, or get involved at even the basest of most levels is because we have just simply forgotten how far we've come from. We have forgotten that us too were once headed to a devil's hell. Us too were once headed for eternity without Christ. Us too didn't know the way at one time. Us too didn't have an opportunity. But thank God somebody gave us the message. It's important. We've got to answer the call out of gratitude. Here's another reason why we got to answer the call. we got to answer the call out of necessity. Here's the thing, folks. You ready for this? Brace yourself. This is one of the most heaviest things I'll say all day. It's the great commission, not the great suggestion. It's the great commission, not the great suggestion. God didn't save us, pull us up to the table, enlist us in his army, and say, now, if y'all want to go win souls, that's cool, but if not, cool with that. It's the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them and, and baptizing them and teaching them to observe and obey all that I have called you to. God has equipped us to share the gospel. In fact, I will go a little bit further, church. For those of us who are in this room, not only do I love being Assemblies of God because we're missional, but I also love being Assemblies of God because we're Pentecostal. And I'm afraid that in many of our churches, so many of us have gotten tongues, but we forgot to get the power. It does not matter how much you speak in tongues if you don't tell people about Jesus in English. It doesn't matter how much you speak in tongues and prophesy and roll around on the floor if your heart doesn't break for those who have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's a burning necessity on the inside of each and every one of us. Why should we answer? Because it's urgent. Because of our gratitude. Because of necessity, we've got to tell the world about Christ. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. How should we answer this call? How should we answer this call? Well, first of all, number one, we can all pray. We can all pray. I want to ask you a question. How often do you pray for missionaries? How often do you pray for the unreached peoples of the earth? How often? Say, Pastor, I don't feel like that's my calling. Yeah, Jesus said it was. 
He said, you pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the harvest. Even if you don't feel called to go, you should be praying that God would call people to go reach the unreached. Oh, come on, somebody. We're quick to pray for our new house. We're quick to pray for our new car. We're quick to pray for that third and fourth marriage. I'm meddling now. But what about praying for things God told us to pray for? He told us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. That he would send forth labors in his harvest. I am boldly and unashamedly asking some younger people and some older people today to pick up the same mantle of prayer for missionaries that my dear sister had in the church that I was a youth pastor in and say, you know what? I'm going to spend time praying for those who have said yes. I'm praying somebody answer that call today. We're all called to pray, called to pray for those who go. If you want to know who we support so you can pray for them, text me, email me, come by the office, ask Miranda. We will print you a list. Now, don't hold it too tight because we're getting ready to add to it. Amen. Our board and I, we've talked. We're going to start giving some extra to missions because we believe you can't outgive God. Amen. We're going to be looking for six or seven more to pick up every month. Because as we do what God says, God will bless us. That's, what, that's how this thing works. Amen. Are you with me this morning? we got to answer the call by prayer. We all can pray. We all can pray. Even if it's just a, if it's just a simple, Lord, would you bless those who have said yes to go? We all can pray. Here's number two. Some of us can go. Now, not everybody can go. Not everybody's called to go. Not everybody's supposed to go. If everybody went, there wouldn't be anybody here. And there are people here that have to be reached too. Amen. So, hear me. All are called to pray. But some are called to go. You know, our church has a scholarship fund. And I know that some of those students who participate in that scholarship fund are going to say yes to missions. And they're going to go from this church and be missionaries around the world. That's awesome. Amen. That's awesome. Listen, if I said you won a million dollars at the lotto today, you would have shouted, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's awesome that we can do that. It's awesome that somebody had a heart to give some money into seed money into something like that. But it's awesome. We have six young people right now we're putting through ministry training school. Amen. Six. And we can do more. We want to do more. We will do more. But the question is, can you hear the call? See, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me at all this morning when I give this altar call. If somebody says, Pastor, I've, I've, I've already heard the call. I've been struggling with it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, if you come and find us and talk to us, we'll help you. But here's what I will tell you. 
God won't give you something big if you can't be faithful with something little. And if you, listen, young people, if you can't come to youth group faithfully, how are you going to have a ministry to the nations? All right, somebody. But we'll help you get there. But not all can go, but some can. Maybe that's short term, like I do every year. Maybe that's full time, like, like other people. Maybe that's, that's trips like Donetta does, and they help strengthen the, the church in post-Christian Europe. Great thing. A Pentecostal youth camp in post-Christian Europe, get those kids on fire for God and send them back to Hitler country, that's great, man. Hallelujah. Reignite the great awakening. But God has called us to do something. Some of us are not called to go. We're all called to pray. Some of us are called to go. Here's the next thing. I believe all of us can give something. 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 A little bit. See, we even teach our children at young ages to fill up their little coins for kids boxes in buddy barrels with coins and quarters that did not originate from their work. Did you catch what I just said? They went out and got it. You say, Pastor, I don't have it to give. Go out and get it. If you wanted a truck, you'd go out and get it. If you wanted a cruise, you'd go out and get it. These young people hear about missions in children's church, and they go bug Grandma and Grandpa and you and everybody else. Listen, I heard a story about a, a, a kid that raised a pledge of $500 for Speed Delight. She came from a poor family. She had no money. You know what she did? This was back before... Excuse me, I'm not being political, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is back before Michelle Obama messed up school lunch and they actually had food that tasted good and they had vending machines. Hello. No, 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 no shade on, on all that stuff. But I'm saying, when she made that change, before that, one of our Assemblies of God students had a Pringle can that they emptied. And the, her district youth director said... They, they printed uh, some wrappers that were custom made to fit around Pringle cans and they made them for speed to light. They said cut a, cut a, a, a hole in the, in, the, in the top of it and stand out in front of the vending machine. And she just simply asked her, her fellow students when, it, when the soda was uh, uh, 60 cents in the machine, she just asked for the change. You know, in a matter of a couple months, she raised $500. See, what you don't realize is, is that when there's a will, there's a way. And God says he gives seed to the sower and bread for his food. See, all of us can do something. We teach our little kids to give quarters. We ask our teenagers to give to speed the light. We ask our men to think about light for the lost and buying Bibles for people who don't have them. We ask our church to commit to give something monthly to world missions. And the US, some U.S. missions projects, but primarily we're focusing on world missions. We ask people to give something. Say, Pastor, what, what, I, what I have is not enough. You know what I found dealing with people? There are some people 
that they're of the opinion that if they don't have $25 or if they don't have $50 or if they don't have $100 that they can give every month to missions, the devil somehow convinces them that what they have is not enough and so they're just not going to do anything. But what you fail to realize is that when your $5 goes with her $10 and when, and when together your $15 goes with his $3, and when you, that $18 goes with that $20, then, you know, we're doing math here. And what happens is, is that when all of us do something, then somebody doesn't have to do everything. And guess what happens? Everybody has a piece of the reward. Because it's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. If God puts something on your heart and you say yes to it and it's only five bucks, your yes in obedience to five bucks is just as big to God as yes to obedience with a thousand bucks. And you'll never give the thousand bucks until you learn to give the five bucks. Because when you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. So how should we answer this call? We answer it by prayer. All of us should pray. You know, on Wednesday nights, we have prayer every night, 6.30. Some of you are in departments, you can't make it. Some of you, whatever reason, I don't know. But if you don't have anything to pray about, come on Wednesday night and pray for missionaries. And if you can think about it, you have a few minutes, pray for your old pastor. I need a lot of it. Amen. Just ask my wife. But we can all pray. Some of us can go. But we can all give. We all can give. Now we did the math. And out of a church our size, we have about 38 people who regularly give to missions. I wonder what it would look like if all of us did something. What if all of us did something? I wonder if we could make an impact from this community around, around the world like nobody's business. Amen? I want you to think about it. You say, Pastor, I just don't have... Money. Listen, every once in a while, what I do, Darren, you can come. We're going we're gonna to give in just a moment. This is not a manipulative offering. But when we have guest speakers, I ask you not to give until... You hear their heart for their ministry. I did not want another Mission Sunday to pass and people not understand why we do what we do. I want you to hear it loud and clear. Loud and clear. Every once in a while in our house, we evaluate our own personal budget. You know, whether you like Dave Ramsey or, or not, he's got some good things, some things I'm not up to kilter with him on, but anytime you get a hold of your money, it's, it's okay. It's good. Because we're to be stewards of it, right? God's called us to steward our resources. We're going to be held accountable for every dollar that God has entrusted to us. Now, he calls us to tithe. Obviously, that's how the church is supported. Um, every Christian should tithe. Uh, that's, that's for that. Then we, we got to take care of our family, right? We got to pay our bills. The Bible said if a man doesn't provide for his own family... He's worse off than an unbeliever. 
So we gotta, we got to provide for our family. And let me tell you something, by taking care of God's needs, He makes sure of that. But then, there are offerings that we can give to certain things. And one of these offerings that we give is to missionaries. To missionaries. To people who are taking the gospel around the world. To people who are sacrificing to go places that maybe you're not willing to go. Maybe physically you can't go. Maybe, listen, some of you, you have, you have a, a spouse, you've got three or four kids. You would you say, man, if I didn't have all this, I would go. Paul talked about that. He said, for some people, it's better to be single because you, whatever. He said, but that's not the norm because it's better to marry than to burn. But if you can remain single as I am, you can focus on the Lord's work. There are people who can take up right now and go do whatever God's called them to do when some of us can't do that. But guess what? What we can do is help them because guess what? The missions offering we take from our church, it's not just combined with our church. It's combined with the multitude, thousands of Assemblies of God churches around the United States to fund these missionaries to go around the world, right? That's what he's called to do. And so this morning, in just a moment, not yet, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to commit to do something every month. I don't know. Maybe it's your Netflix money. Maybe, maybe it's, it's your scooter's money. I don't know. A coffee. A coffee a month. Whatever that might be, I'm going to ask you to commit to something. Again, let me make myself clear. This doesn't stay in the church. This is money that goes out. But it's our responsibility to share the gospel with those who haven't had an opportunity to hear it. So I want everybody to stand real quick. I'll have you sit again in just a moment for the offering. Ushers, just stand still. I told you at the end of this message, I was going to ask you the question. Can you hear it now? Can you hear God's call now? All of us are called to get involved. Let me ask you the question. Number one, first of all, how many of you will answer the call to prayer? To pray for the nations? To pray for those who are willing to say yes? Come on, how many of you are going to get one of those lists of missionaries that we support and pray over it every single month, every single week? Pick a time, pick a day, whatever. Pray over them. Ask God and let the Holy Spirit lead you in your prayers. Pray over them. Amen. Right now, I want everybody to bow their head, close their eyes. Because God is dealing with somebody right now. Under the sound of my voice, I know it by the Holy Spirit. Two things. Number one, if you're in this room and you're lost, friend, Jesus was the greatest missionary. He left heaven, came to earth to reach you so real quick if you're here you don't know him and you want to get to know Christ today as your savior the forgiver of your sins the one who restores the relationship between you and God come on if you're here and you need to know him just slip up your hand let me pray with you before I deal with this next thing anybody come on hallelujah hallelujah Here's where we're about to get serious. 
there are those of you in this room, you have the call of God on your life to the nations. In fact, there's somebody here today. God's already been dealing with you about the people group and the country. He's already been dealing with you about it. Come on, if that's you, man, I want to... I want, to, I want to surround you. I want to pray for you. I want to pour into you. We want to set you up for success. If that's you, God's dealing with you. Maybe more than one, but I know it's at least one. Would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. God bless you. Two, God bless you. I knew it. Anybody else? Two, anyone else? Anyone else? God's been dealing with you. God bless you, young people. See, folks, I told you, the call is still going forward. Two people raised their hand in our congregation this morning and said, God has been dealing with them about a specific group of people. Come on, we ought to give the Lord praise for that. We ought to give the Lord praise for that. Now, the next thing I want us to do, and if you raised your hand, I want you to come talk to me after I dismiss this morning. Okay? After we dismiss, pastor will be here. I'm going to ask, ask Pastor Seth to come. Uh, pastor Jose, I'm asking him to come. I want you to talk to some of our leaders. We want to get you in the right direction. But uh, I want to ask us all to do one more thing right now. Let's bow our head, close our eyes. Now, you need to understand that giving is just as much as part of our worship as singing. Now, I want to be unashamedly clear. What we're having to do this morning, right now, is between you and God. But I do want you to ask Him. I want us to take a moment to ask Him. And maybe you weren't prepared today. You can start next week or next month. But I want us to take a moment and ask God, God, what do you want me to do for missions? What do you want me to do for missions? See, because the support for missions that our people give, it, it helps us determine who we're able to support and not support. We're looking for people who are helping the national churches. We're looking for people on the front lines. We're looking for people who are training leaders to get the gospel out. But I want you to take a moment and just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And listen, if he tells you to do nothing, then I want you to do nothing. But I have a hankering of a suspicion this morning that he's going to begin to speak to your heart. Young people, maybe you need to make a pledge to speed the light. Maybe you need to do something like that. God's going to speak to you. I want us to take a few moments right now and let's all of us pray together, can we? Before our ushers come, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. For your goodness today God we thank you Lord for the cross Father we thank you that Jesus came down from heaven left the culture of heaven for our sakes though he was rich became poor as far as this earth is thought of and Lord he gave it all so that we could know Lord for those of us in this room 
since none of us raised our hand and said we need to know him, we must all know him this morning. So Lord, since we have been given an opportunity to know you, what is it that you're speaking to our hearts to do? And Lord, we'll be careful to give us, to give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated for a moment. Ushers, if you would come, we're going to receive our missions offering this morning. But now I can go home and I can know that I have laid it out for you to understand it. Now, for some of you, you need to go home and pray about it a little bit more. But I want you to consider how thankful we are that we've heard about Christ. And I want to ask for us to ask that God would give us the same passion to tell others the good news. So I'm going to pray over this offering right now as you prepare for